Good morning all and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a week, for the wonderful week gone by, for the new month that you have started us and you have placed us in this realm of your time where you make all things beautiful. This is the day that our Lord has made, our Master, our Father, our King, and He has placed us in it. And His Word says that we, that He has loaded it, that He loaded, loads us daily, every single day, with His benefits. Father, You renew Your mercy as well for us every morning, and we thank You. We thank you that you have given us life and death in the power of our tongue and you bid us speak into our day. You bid us command our morning. We command a new month as well to bring success, to bring your plans for our lives to fruition. That in our daily living, in our spiritual life, your will be done and your kingdom come to flourish within us and through us. Father, we thank you that you call us this morning as well by name to be here with you. And you pour out your revelation into our hearts. You pour out your secrets, your principles, your promises. You teach us something new every single day when we connect with your word and we read it. And then when we read it again, you show us how you join the dots. Between the Old Testament, between the New Testament. And you reveal to us secrets that we must then use in our lives. We thank you, Father, that you are doing a new thing for us every single day. And you are pouring your peace and your joy into our hearts every day that is renewed for us. We share that same peace and joy, Lord, with everyone that is part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with all those that are beneficiaries of any prayer request made on this group, those that are Christians and do not yet know you, and all those that do not want to know you. And we ask for a quickening in their hearts, Lord. And with confidence, based on what your word tells us, we call on your name. The name of our Father, the name of our Maker, the Great I Am. The one who remembers our sins no more and blots out our transgressions, the preserver of men. You made man in your own image and likeness. And we pray in the name of Jesus, your son, who took on that image to live the template that you wanted to show us, the example that you gave us, so that we can be that ideal man that has a restored relationship with God the Father. We thank you, Lord, that through Jesus we know faith. We pray in the name of the one who is our rock, our refuge. The one who has won all victories for us through his blood. The Lion of Judah. The Lord our redemption. And we pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of light and life and truth. Spirit of the living God. The El Shaddai. The all-powerful, all-knowing. And omnipresent God. The breath of the Father. Who reveals these deep and secret things to us. That's what Daniel chapter 2.21 tells us. The one who changes times and seasons. 
and makes Romans 8.28 come alive in every circumstance for us. So that even when we lose track, even when we sway off path, even when we go off direction, it is he who reroutes us and brings us back and restores lost time as well. It is he who has made his tabernacle in our body, the spirit of the all-capable Lord who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can even comprehend in our wildest imaginations. That same spirit lives within us and gives life to our mortal body, to our spirit being made alive. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with your word, your spirit. You have blessed us with every spiritual gift, every heavenly resource, including angels and destiny helpers. We thank you, Father, that you leave no stone unturned in coming towards us. And we ask forgiveness because we, yet we keep choosing to run away from you every single time. The flesh seeks to take over, Lord. We ask for mercy. We ask for forgiveness. And we ask for the grace to rise up again, to overcome all that wickedness and to stand in victory. Just as 1 John 5, 4 says. We thank you, Father, that you are stirring up something new in us today. Whereby we shall get rid of and leave some darkness cut off from our life permanently this day. Out of your revelation. And we shall adopt your light. So that our light shines brighter. We thank you Lord. We cover. As we make our prayer and our reflection. We cover every word that we speak. And every prayer that we make this morning. As well as every member of every family. That is part of this prayer group. And everyone that is a beneficiary of any prayer request made here. By the precious blood of Jesus, drawing that bloodline as a hedge, as a barricade in the spirit around them. Knowing that that blood has won all victories and nothing can stand against it. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy will, Lord. We call the angels of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word as we proclaim your word, Lord, from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, that says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. Each of us say this, Lord. We declare it. So is our word that goes out of our mouth. And it will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it, when we send it in faith, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the last two days, we have reflected on why Satan attacks believers and when will he attack them? What are the occasions he chooses? Today, we look at why God allows this, the third part in that series. 
when God can speak in an in an, and in an instant, all of that which was out of alignment can fall in alignment, including Satan. Because Satan is a created being. He does fall under the same set of rules. And yet God remains silent sometimes and lets those attacks go ahead. Why? Let's reflect a little on this question today. When we look at the story of Job, we see God asking Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And then in one way you think it's more like an invitation. So he is letting Satan come against the believing warrior. Why is that? I've just made a few notes and let's go through each of them. The first one is he lets the believer see themselves in the light of truth. So it's not so about it's not so much about you versus Satan, it's more of you versus yourself. To improve yourself, to assess yourself on how much prepared are you. where you are in your journey of purification so that the believer can understand that process and measure their growth and submit themselves to continue in it. For until we measure how far we've traveled, we will not know how close we are to the destination. He lets those attacks become a point of regrouping, reassessing. The second point, he lets you practically test your armor so that you know which part needs to be worked on. Now here, remember what he said in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear or beyond what your armor can take. But when you are tempted, he goes on to say, but when you are tempted, or when your armor is tested, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And after enduring, you go back to your preparation, your training ground to work on that armor again. The important thing to remember is, he's allowing Satan to tempt and test you, but... This verse is important. It says no temptation has overtaken you that you cannot overcome. Which means there is a way out. He will provide that way out. We just need to look for it. And then we look at where we failed. Where did we drop the ball? Or where did we miss the mark? So first one and the second point again are combined together. You measure how far you've traveled in your journey. Only by falling, by making mistakes. Going back learning where that mistake came from, which open door did we keep, and now how do we prepare again? That testing produces endurance. See what is said in James 1 verses 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy when you are tested because that testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature 
and complete, not lacking anything. So faith and then perseverance leading to maturity, completeness, lacking nothing. That's when your armor is tested and now it can bear the brunt of whatever force. That's when you have measured how far you've traveled and then you continue going. Because there, you were not pushed backwards. Otherwise, in that journey, normally what Satan will try to do is he will try to push you backwards so that what you have gained in that journey, you will have to go back to square one and restart again. So third one is, through this purification, we make corrections in our fleshly life. Purification comes from and through the spirit. But you use that and you use the learning, the revelation that comes there to make corrections in our fleshly life, adopting more of life in the spirit and building on that endurance and spiritual maturity. Then the believer becomes an overcomer. One who says, even though I walk in the valley of darkness, I will fear no evil for you are there. What gives him the confidence to say that to God? That's Psalm 23 verse 4. It's when you have gained that maturity, when you know for sure and you're able to speak with that confidence. Just like Mark 11:24 says, Believe that you have received and do not doubt. You have reached that stage where you do not doubt. It has become so real to you. So you become one who is no longer vulnerable, who can no longer be tempted or tested. He becomes one who the Bible describes in Galatians 2 verse 20 as the one who has crucified his flesh with Christ. So that crucified flesh can no longer be tested anymore. No lust can overtake them. We have to build our maturity to that point. One who Revelations 12 verse 11 then describes as an overcomer who says they overcame the accuser by the blood and by the word of their testimony. But then more importantly, they loved not their lives, their fleshly lives, even unto it being tested with death. They reach a point where if I die, I die, but I'm not going to give in to your temptation, Satan. These are their words. So till he becomes one who Satan, and then he becomes one, sorry, who Satan can do nothing about anymore. Because all that marketing, all that advertising, all that showing of graphic imagery to them can no longer tempt them. Whether it is money, whether it is any other kind of fleshly pleasures, anything of that sort. And that is what God saw in Job when he said to Satan, have you considered Job? It was God actually pushing Satan to say, let's see what you can do about this one. He knows that you can bend such a person in the flesh, but you can't break their spirit. When Jesus was baptized and trained in and by the Spirit in the wilderness, 
he was subjected to a similar test. The Bible says in Matthew 4 verse 1, he was led by the spirit to be tempted. Now you look at what God said to Satan about Job. Here again, he's saying, have you considered him? Here again, the spirit led Jesus to be tempted. There God led Job to be tempted by Satan. You are going through the same process as him now. And God is schooling you. When I say you, it's the believer, every single believer going through that schooling. So even during that process, when we see God is silent, we should know first that he is protecting us. And second, he is letting us learn at our own pace. He knows that we learn better through our mistakes. So he lets us do that and then he schools us. Then he gives us revelation and that's when that revelation starts to become more real to us. The word becomes flesh and dwells within us. He lets us go at our own pace, only at as much as we can take at that time. Remember 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 that we've just said, that we've just looked at. No temptation has overtaken you more than what you can bear. And it is not that he doesn't care about the believer. But if he pulled that believer out of that trouble instantly, then... A few things will happen. Here I'm remember here I, I'm reminded of the parable of the weeds, where when the servants came to the to the farm owner and said, Should we pluck out the weeds? And God said, Don't pluck them out, for with them the crop will be plucked out as well. So if he pulled you out of that trouble instantly, then there are a few things that will happen. So I've made a few notes here, five points to remember. Number one, you wouldn't have a deep appreciation of what he has done there if he pulled you out of that trouble. Even you wouldn't be able to savor that victory. Because it happened such an instant, we take it as magic, we take it as granted. And a lot of us pray in this way, expecting that kind of an outcome. And God says, no, you need to understand how it works then your prayer becomes more powerful. Number two, you wouldn't learn it because it would be cheap victory. Again, connected with the same thing. Number three, that cheap victory would make you lazy in your spiritual pursuit, making you vulnerable to defeat at a later stage because we just expect that magic to take place. We don't fortify ourselves. He doesn't want us to be lazy Christians that just hop to a minister, a man of God, or a prayer warrior to say, please pray for me. He doesn't want you to have that cheap victory. And this is what we need to remember at all times. When we keep running to brother Vivek or a sister Sainin to say, please pray for me. Number four, you wouldn't become a testimony. He doesn't just want you to win. He wants you to be an inspiration to others. And that is why those that have fallen deeper, he pulls them out higher. That's what he did with Matthew. And number five, he wants you to succeed so that Satan is defeated entirely by you through what you have become, through what you have grown in the spirit. 
simply using God's principles from his word and without God having to intervene all the time. In your victory is God's victory. Remember, Revelations 12 tells us that Michael being an archangel and an archangel is much lower in rank than a cherub, a cherubim. That is what Satan was before he became Satan. He was Lucifer, a cherubim of a higher rank. And yet the Bible records in Revelations 12 that Michael being an archangel defeated a cherubim in battle. Likewise, Jesus as a man overcame Satan, who was very knowledgeable, who had a lot of experience of thousands of years. And yet Jesus showed us that as a man, without having all the knowledge in the world, without having all those thousands of years of experience, he could still, there is still a way for us to defeat Satan. There is a way. We just don't know it yet, but there is a way. So we need to keep going back, learning, testing our armor, strengthening it, building our prayer life, learning more from the word of God and applying it until we build that fortitude in our spirit, in our life. We shall stop here and tomorrow we'll continue on a fourth part in this series. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we understand when God allows that attacks on us, his eyes are still focused only on us. He's not being a spectator to a battle and enjoying it. But he wants us to grow. He wants us to strengthen ourselves using the principles, using the, the ways that he has recommended in his word. He wants us, his favorite creation, man, which he made in his own likeness and image to emerge out successful in this battle and to win that battle because of what we have learned and gained. Father, we ask for that grace to have a renewed hunger so that our pursuit for all things spiritual that come from you, your ways which are much higher than our ways, that pursuit becomes even more intensified. And our life in the spirit is strengthened. Help us understand that you are doing all of this so that we might then step into abundance and that abundance can no longer be stolen from us. And then we step into dominion when we have fortified ourselves through that process, through that testing. That we, can, that we then become a threat to Satan. He is no longer a threat to us. We become a threat to his kingdom the one that the Father has given dominion over this earth realm. That is our identity, our authority. Help us recognize and realize it, Lord. And put it into practice. We ask for that edification in our spirit this day, Lord. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease. For all those that are hospitalized will undergo any kind of procedures today. For all families that are embattled, that are facing any kind of division or separation. We pray, Lord, and we lift up all those 
that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives. Many of us don't even realize it. We just take them as normal sicknesses like depression and anxiety. Anything that forces us in a corner. Ignorance, poverty, prayerlessness, busyness. All kinds of addictions. We come against them in the name of Jesus and declare those chains broken. We declare a stirring up in their spirits and a restoration. Lord, let your anointing touch these lives today. So that where the spirit is, where his anointing is, there is liberty. This is what your word says. Let that come to pass in these lives that we lift up to you on this altar today, Father. We take a moment to remember those lives that we are praying for. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families and friends, especially those that are not yet saved. Quicken them, Lord, that they might call on your name and they shall be delivered. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we lift up our prayer of agreement made with each other and with the Holy Spirit, that prayer made under an open heaven must come back as an answered prayer. This is our faith. We believe that we have received what we have asked for in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift to release your tongue and your faith, ask the Holy Spirit to take over. We must make a start. If we hesitate and we do not take action, that faith without action is useless. It does not produce a result. Let us remember that and boldly step ahead. Let us make our prayer in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Shana Kalala Lia Sadakiyam Bapapiya Sadakiyam Bapapiya Sadakiyam Bapapiya Sadakiyam Bapapiya Sadakiyam Bapapiya Sadakiyam Bapapiya Sadakiyam Bapapi
In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The words that were spoken to me this morning while we were praying. Abide in my word. Abide in me. Your faith will be tested like steel in fire. The scripture I've been given is from Romans 5. One to five. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The words that were put on my heart are from, while we prayed, are from Psalms 139, verse 14 and 15. I praise you, which says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And here I was prompted to think of it from a spiritual angle. Spiritual creation in that secret place. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these reflections as well as Brother Savio's powerful reflections that he shares on all our channels, all our social media channels as well as our Telegram platform, please share those with your family and friends. And as I say every day, especially to the one that God puts on your heart because he is ministering or he wants to minister to that person today and he wants you to initiate that ministration.
so that he can work his wonder through you in that person's life. Let the peace and the mercy and the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor, his jealous, his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful Sunday, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God, Thank bless, you, Russell. God bless everyone.